Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Redlands campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Before we start, let's pray together, hey? Dear Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity uh, to glorify your name. Lord, I just pray today that you prepare the hearts and the minds of everybody here. Uh, And as this is recorded and sent out, Lord, that anybody that hears this testimony, this story of Jason's, Lord, that you would be able to um, sow in those seeds, water those seeds, and and, and bring a harvest in the right time. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You going to sit down with me, brother? Yeah, let's sit. Awesome. (laughs) Would you put your hands together for us, ladies and gentlemen? So forgive me, I'm, uh, if you watch the mic too closely, it's probably vibrating, but <laughs> uh, forgive my uh, nerves here, but uh, I just want to touch on what this is based on. So Psalm 107 is, is where the whole story series is going to be planted in, uh, and that is uh, just really quickly Psalm 107 verse 2, it says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Uh, this is based on um, a song that the Israelites sung as they're on their journey, obviously. And and so as we kind of set the story series tone, uh, this is a bit unique. It's not going to be like this every week, but uh, uh, hopefully this is going to be a fantastic day today. So, um, so, um, Jace, before we get into this too far, (laughs) um, let's unpack your story or or, um, a combo of stories mixed together here, because we've um, obviously got a bit of a template to run to, um, but uh, I just want to make it really quick and easy for people that are taking notes and just to follow this. We're going to kind of touch on three different stages, your BC, so before Christ, your, um, your salvation story, and then post-salvation, so that, you know, uh, however many years ago that was till today. Um, so let's get into this. Let's go. Are you nervous? I am. <laughs> Oh, was that for them or me? <laughs> okay, so, uh, so let's, let's do this. So where did it all begin for you? Let's, let's go way back. All right, we're going to take it way back. So as most of you would know, I was born in uh, Wellington, New Zealand in October 1976. And uh, because I love you, I thought I'd let you have a quick look at one of my baby photos. Uh, it doesn't come out all that often, so you're welcome. <laughs> and um, yeah, Wainui was a great little town. That was the town that I grew up in, in Wellington. I uh, got a lot of fond memories there, uh, riding my bike along the banks of the local creek and playing cricket and rugby. And uh, it was just a great little community to grow up in. So uh, that's where it all began. Sweet. Sweet, bro. <laughs> um, so... Uh, do you have a highlight? Give us a highlight of your childhood. Yeah, I got heaps of highlights. Like, um, as, as you'll hear in a minute, there were some challenges, but overall, there were a lot of good things uh, about my childhood. Uh, firstly, I had a cool little dog named Jack. Uh, he was a German shepherd, and uh, Jack used to go with me everywhere I went. You know, he used to follow me, he used to protect me, uh, and eventually he got too big for me. Uh, So my mother and father had to uh, give him away, but, you know, I love Jack, and I uh, think about Jack every now and then. Um, But there are a lot of other highlights as well. You know, I used to love playing sport Uh, when I was a kid. I was a bit of a cricket player. Uh, I was a handy bowler and wicketkeeper. And uh, at the age of 11, in a uh, district's carnival, I actually got six wickets and just one over. 
uh, one time. So that's obviously a wicket of ball, which is quite an amazing feat for those who have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, so I love my cricket. And then in 1988, my mother and I moved to Australia. We came straight to the Redlands. And uh, I began playing basketball in that gymnastics hall right next door. And uh, in an under 14, yeah, there you go. That's, uh, that's me right there. That's just in that building next door. Um, but in an under 14 basketball game, competition game, uh, I nailed 14 three-pointers in one game, uh, which was, wow. uh, yeah, you can clap for that. Absolutely. That's pretty good. I was kind of hoping you would, so... But uh, that was actually a Queensland record up until only recently. Um, so I was, I was pretty proud about that one, to be quite yeah, honest. That's pretty, so. pretty good. Although what you've got to ask in basketball stats is um, attempts versus makes. So, uh, so Yeah, I'm, good good question, good yeah. point. 14 point. from 14? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Let's way to steal my thunder. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, but, yeah, no, I was on fire that day. And, yeah. in fact, I, I was in a real purple patch with my basketball. From the age of about 13 through to 18, yeah. uh, I was just disrespecting people on a basketball court like there was no tomorrow. You know, I was, you know, averaging 40 per club game, Whoa. 25 per rep game. The future was bright. Yeah. And um, I was actually on a bit of a pathway to potentially take the game uh, as far as I wanted. But there were heaps of highlights in my childhood and teenage yeah. years, and they're just some of them. Yeah. Well, sorry. Um, how would you describe your childhood years? So we've just talked about the fun stuff. Let's go a bit deeper. Oh, you want to go there, do you? Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, look, I would, you know, I want to say that my childhood and teenage years were, were filled with a lot of great memories. And, uh, you know, I thank God for them. My mother and father, you know, did, a, did what they could at that time. Um, but with hindsight, I would probably describe my childhood and teenage years uh, as challenging. Um, I, uh, I experienced the separation of my mother and my father at the age of about five or six, and my mother raised, her by, raised me by herself. Uh, and my mother, just for the record, did a fantastic job uh, providing for me, at times working two jobs. She had her own health issues, um, but, man, she did a really good job making sure that I had everything I need, mm. that I was playing sport. And now that I've got three children that are playing sport, you know, it's a tough gig to pay their registration fees and travel between locations. So, you know, my mother and father, um, or my mother did a good job raising me. Mm. Uh, my father, I began to see um, every now and then, and then eventually there was a lengthy absence, um, you know, during my childhood years. And... You know, even to this day, I remember there were times during my childhood where I noticed his absence, yeah. and, um, and that had an impact on me as a kid growing up, and, you know, I asked some questions like, mm. you know, why were they not able to stay together? Why do I not see my father as much uh, as I do, and why is he not interested in what we're doing? Um, but the other good thing that I'd like to say is that over time, my father and I reconnected, uh, and, you know, he spoke into that a little bit, and I understand he had his own challenges, and he had to do what he needed to do, and, and, and that's all good. And now he and I have a great relationship, and, you know, we talk on a regular basis, including just yesterday. Um, but, uh, you know, overall and with hindsight, you know, I'd look back on my childhood and teenage years, and I'd say that it was a challenge. You know, in light of what I just explained to you, 
I, I had a real craving for acceptance, uh, for attention, and I made a whole lot of poor decisions in order to get both acceptance and attention. And uh, some of those decisions impacted me greatly and caused me a lot of heartache and a lot of pain. And I found myself, as, uh, as the psalmist says in 107 verse, uh, verse 4, like the Israelites, I found myself wandering in the wastelands of the desert, unable to find a place to lay my head and settle. And uh, even though the nation of Israel were experiencing something geographical, you know, for me it was spiritual. And I reckon for a lot of us today, whether you're here this morning or online, uh, you know, there are a number of people who at one point or another, and maybe now, have felt like they were wandering the wastelands of the desert, you know, unable to find a place to settle uh, and to uh, lay their head. And, and that's how I felt. That's how I felt. So a lot of decisions that I made impacted uh, my life and the direction that it was going. Mm. I reckon there's... Uh there's some, like Grant said earlier, you know, the dodgy are welcome here too. You know, I reckon there's some, you know, like some gangster stuff there too. What's going on there? Yeah, look, I was a bit of a wannabe gangster, <laughs> prankster back in the day. Uh, I, must, I must confess, you know, I grew up listening to R&B and hip-hop and I still love hip-hop, hence a bit of hip-hop as we hit the stage. Um, but yeah, look, you know, some of the decisions I made so that I could, you know, possibly find some acceptance uh, and attention, you know, involved exploring and experimenting with things like alcohol and other drugs and, you know, I became focused on popularity and fashion. Uh, I became interested. What? What's so funny about that? You're going to hear that little snicker of my wife somewhere yeah. out there in the congregation. I that was Ange. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and also developing an interest in some ungodly things, which really shaped an attitude of bitterness, an attitude of judgmentalism, an attitude of anger. And, uh, and that, just, that just led to a whole bunch of things, a whole bunch of things. And, uh, and you know, my early to mid-teenage years, you know, I really felt my use of alcohol get out of control. Uh, I began experimenting with not just soft, but also hard and illicit drugs. And over time, that became my God. You know, I invested time, I invested energy, I invested money into this, and that essentially is worship. And, uh, and I became very sick, became very unwell. And uh, this whole lifestyle, the, the attitude that I had, the, the approach to life, that I had really impacted my life in a significant way. Uh, my, my mother, you know, she kicked me out of home a bunch of times, and man, I would have done exactly the same thing. So if you listen to this, mum, good on you. No, no, uh, no bitterness here. And from the age of like 16 to 24, which is when I became a Christian, I lived in more than 25 different places. You know, I went from couch to couch, home to home, you know, I was sick, I was addicted, I had burnt bridges, I was uneducated, unemployed, I was broke, uh, I had absolutely nothing going for me, nothing going for me. And uh, I actually reached a point in my life where I felt incapable of living anymore. You know, it was a point where I was like, you know what, I, I just don't know how to do this. I don't know what to do, I don't know where to go. And um, I was in a very, very dark position. Consider it lost. So what was the catalyst for change here? What happened 
what transitioned? Yeah, that's another great question that I had no idea was coming. Um, a number of things, yeah. you know, after exploring the things of, of this world, you know, whether it was using substances or trying to be accepted within a, a certain group of people and, uh, and, and just on that, uh, I took off to Sydney for a couple of years and uh, became affiliated with a local gang in King's Cross and there I felt the acceptance that, you know, I was, I was desperately craving. Um, but unfortunately, I had a falling out with this uh, particular group. And, um, and I was actually lucky to leave this group with my life. And in fact, uh, when I went to approach them and to deal with some issues, I was instructed to leave Sydney and never come back. And I was happy with that arrangement. And, and that's what I did. So my, my addiction... My, um, you know, having no opportunities for a career, falling out with this gang down in Sydney. I had a broken heart at that point as well. I fell in love for the first time uh, in my early 20s. Uh, all of these things and my state of mind, my physical health, all of this just led to a point in my life where I thought, you know what, I just can't do this anymore. There's got to be another way. What are my options? And uh, that's when I started thinking about religion. And uh, is there something about religion that, uh, that I could benefit from? Mm. You know, if I was to make a faith-based decision, you know, how could that help me with my need for acceptance, with my need for attention? Could it help me get over addiction? Could it help me find opportunities? So all of those things just came into this big casserole pot of nonsense that led me to ask the question, there must be more to life than this. Yeah. There's got to be something else. So I began to explore things of faith a little bit more. And I think we know the answer to this, but did your experience lead to Jesus? <laughs> yeah, who would have yeah. thought, right? Yeah. Pastor. Who would have thought? <laughs> surprise, surprise here at Gateway Redlands. Yeah. So yeah. how did that happen? Yeah, cool. So my mother grew up in a church. When my mother and father separated, my mother decided to accept Jesus as her Lord and Saviour. Uh, we started attending a little church in Wainui, Wellington, called the Church of the Nazarene, uh, which uh, finds its roots in Wesleyan Methodism. And uh, so my mum went there. I was going along there as well. So I had a little bit of church experience as a kid. And when we moved to Australia, we did that because my mum wanted to go to Bible college and that was with the Church of the Nazarene. Uh, so um, we had a relationship, a relationship there, a connection there. And uh, when I began exploring the things of faith, obviously Christianity was, uh, was already there. It was something for me to consider, but I looked at all options. You know, I used to love rappers. You know, a lot of them would, uh, you know, have an interest in Islam. So I looked into that. Uh, you know, I explored the options, you know, but um, eventually the youth pastor who worked at the church that my mum went to invited me to a youth and young adult camp up at Majimba Beach on Sunshine Coast. Anyone been to Majimba Beach on the sunny mm. coast before? Great little spot. Love it up there. And look, at this time, you know, I was kind of homeless. I needed a good feed. So I thought, yeah, why not? I'll go to this camp. You know, I was able to sleep for a bit, had a couple of good meals, 
And, uh, and it was there at the camp where I really sensed my need, not for just a religion, yeah. but for Jesus. And, um, and, you know, I met some good people during the day, had some good meals. But the, uh, the speaker, his name was John. Uh, in the evening sessions, he kept talking about this idea of dying to yourself and living for Jesus. And I remember thinking, man, I am incapable of leading my life. I'm incapable of making decisions about my welfare. And I think I just got to give my life to Jesus and I got to start living for him. And uh, anyway, the last night of this camp, as John was preaching and speaking, you know, I was moved by the idea that God loves the world and that he sent Jesus, his one and only son, um, to die for our sin in our place. And if we were to accept him by faith, we could be forgiven of our sin. We could be filled with his Holy Spirit. We could have eternal life. We could be on a path to discovering what God's plan and purpose for us is. And I just couldn't shake it. Mm. You know, so after, the, uh, after John had preached in this last session, he invited people to come forward to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You know, I got up out of my seat. I walked down to the front, uh, stood in front of everyone, knelt at an altar of prayer, or knelt at an altar of prayer. And uh, I confessed my sin and I asked Jesus to come into my life by faith. And uh, right there and then, you know, I remember the weight of the world just being lifted off me. You know, I remember this peace just, just flooding my heart and my soul. Good. You know, I honestly felt that the mistakes, the sin of my past and also the present and the ones that were to come, had been paid for by Jesus and I'd been forgiven of those things. And, and I just began to cry uncontrollably. Mm. And as I've described here before, I think, in a couple of my messages, you know, I just remember leaving this pool of booger and sweat and everything just on the ground in front of me as I had responded to God's gift of grace seen in the person and work uh, of Jesus. So... That's how I became aware of my need for Jesus, mm. and um, that's how my relationship with Jesus began. That's awesome. You know, you said something at the start. You said, uh, you know, you, you, you searched and you found this faith in Jesus. That doesn't sound like religion to me. That sounds like some form of relationship, right? So just for those who maybe haven't really kind of broken these apart, religion we often hear... Um, it's, it's blamed for wars around the world for centuries, right? But relationship with Christ, that's a whole different story. Can you maybe unpack that for, for those here that haven't heard much about that? Or Absolutely. And I'm, I'm passionate about this issue. Mm. I really am because um, you know, in the world today, and this is just my opinion, okay? So feel free to disagree, um, but if you do, uh, you'll need to leave. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. You don't need to leave. Um, in the world today, you know, religion begins with a belief in God, okay? It begins with a belief in God or some form of deity. Uh, you know, according to research, 84% of the world's population believe in some form of God, right? Across all the religions, it begins with a belief in God or some form of deity. Um, the religions of the world teach that, that man must work their way toward God in order to receive his approval and please him. In other words, if you adhere to this or if you abstain from that, 
then God will be pleased with you and he will accept you. That's what religion teaches. My understanding of God being revealed in Christ Jesus is completely the opposite to that. It's God working his way towards man. It's God working his way toward women, towards children. It's God initiating the process and the plan of salvation for creation. How? He takes on human flesh. He leaps off his throne. He enters into human history. And he begins to tell the world through Jesus that he loves them and that he has made a plan for men and women who have inherited sin from the fall, that there is a way to be forgiven of their sin and enter into a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. It's completely different to religion. You know, religion is about working towards God for his pleasure and for his acceptance, but a relationship with Jesus is about receiving what God has done for us when He came to us on what I like to describe as the greatest rescue mission ever. So for me, I'm not religious. I don't think the Christian church or Christianity is a religion. Sadly, we in the Christian church, and I'm guilty of this as well, live at times like we are religious. Yeah. We forget that God loves us and we're saved by not what we do, but instead what He has done. And when we do that and when we question our status as a child of God, we are actually being religious. But I'm not religious. Christianity is not a religion. It is about a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And we do that by talking with Him, by learning about Him through His Scriptures, with God's help living the way that He calls us to live. In light of what God has done for us, we pursue the kind of life that God wants His people to live. But sadly, we're going to get that wrong at times. We're going to mess up. But guess what? Jesus has already paid the price for that. And that is what secures our status as a child of God. Man, that does my heart good. That's a reason for me to come here every Sunday with you and lift my hands and praise and sing. Not because I've been a great Christian throughout the week, but because God made His way toward me. And God saved me through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen or something? Come on up in here. That's good. That's the difference between religion and what we do. What we do is all about a relationship. Yeah, and it's funny because it's like a perspective thing, isn't it? Humans projecting this is what I think it is, is religion, as opposed to the other way where it's just God pouring out his love to us. Absolutely, and there's a risk there as well. Yeah. You know, the risk is to go, okay, God, you've worked toward me. You've done everything so that I can be your child and I can be forgiven awesome. I'm just going to continue to do what I do. I'm going to dabble in things that aren't of you. I'm going to dabble in things that don't please you. I'm going to dabble in the things of the world. And as Paul says in one of his epistles, shall we continue to to sin so that grace may abound? Of course not. Of course not. You know, the, the, the evidence that we have received by grace, the gift of Jesus and we are wanting to live a life that pleases Him in light of what He has done for us is the growing of fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, and it's the desire to no longer live for the things of this world. 
It's a desire to no longer live for ourselves, but instead to live for God and others. And as I said, we're not going to get it right all the time, but it's all about our heart attitude. It's about the way we go. So there's a danger there. Saved by grace does not mean we can continue to sin so that grace may abound. There is the call to live a holy life, but the moment our life gets in the way of what it means to be a Christian, and that is saved by grace through faith in Jesus, we are being religious. Yeah. I reckon it's a good segue to say post-salvation, now we're going up, you know, downstream. Uh, what has Jesus done in your life to impact you? Yeah, man, I struggled to answer uh, this question uh, when you sent me the script for this that everyone here is not supposed to know about. Um, look, you know, just, just casting our mind back to the sermon series coming out of Psalm 107, the nation of Israel telling their story about what God has done for them. And, you know, Israel had been wandering in the wastelands of the desert, unable to find a place to lay their head, as it says in, in verse 4. You know, they also reached a point in verse 6 where they cried out to the Lord and He heard their cries and then He, he filled them. You know, He satisfied them and He filled their hunger. You know, that's a, that's a spiritual journey, you know, that, that all of us are on. And, and that's what happened to me. You know, I, I was wondering, I was lost. I cried out to him. He heard my cry. He then um, welcomed me in. He began to fill me, satisfy me. You know, I was lost, but now I was found. I was hungry, but now I was filled. And I was filled because in light of my salvation, man, it impacted my life greatly in, in a number of ways. You know, my, my use of illicit drugs got out of control. I developed mental health problems. I had severe depression and anxiety along with uh, a bit of drug-induced psychosis. Uh, and that night where I accepted Jesus Christ by faith at this youth camp in Majimba, um, God delivered me immediately from that on the spot. Wow, that's cool. On the spot. Yeah, Thank yeah, you, put your hands together for that's him good. this morning. You know, that, that was a huge, huge thing for me. And God knew that I desperately, desperately needed that. Mm. You know, but I will say that since coming to faith in Christ, you know, there are other challenges that I have um, that I've uh, really wanted God to uh, deliver me from and to give me freedom in. And He has done that, but not all things. You know, so as most of you know, I've had to manage my mental health since then, and I still manage it to this very day. Uh, you know, God, by His grace, through prayer, through His Word, through your love and support, through my family, you know, I've been able to manage that so that I can lead a full and productive life, so that I can fulfill His call upon my life. But, you know, my point is there are still things in my life that I've got to go to God for every day for strength to uh, overcome so that I can, you know, live for Him. But, you know, being set free from my addiction, you know, was huge. Mm. Uh, God also called me to a role of, uh, of leadership and as a communicator in his family. You know, my God-given vision uh, and my God-given plan, you know, is to, uh, is to care for God's family. It's to build a community of faith wherever I am, and that's here in Gateway Redlands. 
uh, to ensure that everyone who comes to faith in Jesus has time with the Father, mm. can hear from Him, can learn His ways. You know, and I do that through leading here at Gateway. I do that through my preaching ministry. Um, and, you know, as you come to this church, you know, you may not prefer the way I go about things. My sermons may not always hit the mark for you. My organisation of this faith community may not always be crystal clear. You may not even like me at times, but my God-given mission is to build a community of faith where all of you feel loved. You can spend time with the Father. You can grow in Him uh, and discover His purpose, you know, for your life. So the impact on coming to faith in Christ has been the call to yeah. serve him in that way. You know, on top of that, um, you know, God blessed me with a wonderful wife and three extremely cute children. Um, you know, my wife Angela and I have been together for 16 years. We've been married for 16 years now. And uh, yeah, you can, you can clap to that. You know, and, uh, and, and that's wonderful. You know, um, what are you guys giggling at? Some gangsters there. Yeah, yeah. there's a few wannabe thugs up there as well. <laughs> um, but they're my boys, and they still are, you know, to this very day. Um, so my wife and children are a gift from heaven, and my marriage is in the best place it's ever been. Cool. You know, I love my wife to bits, you know, so I love that. I love that. And, you know, along the way, you know, as I said, God has called me to a number of different ministry opportunities. You know, I've pastored in three great churches, including here at Gateway. Uh, you know, I love this community. Uh, there's a lot of work to do. The job isn't done. And I really do enjoy being the campus pastor here. Uh, you know, God has given me opportunities um, to be a, a speaker. And, you know, by His grace, I've been able to speak to literally tens of thousands of people in this state about Jesus, mental health, social media, career planning, alcohol and other drugs. You know, I've been able to work for professional sporting organisations like the Brisbane Bullets, uh, the Brisbane Broncos that a lot of you guys know about. You know, work there as a chaplain and then as a player welfare manager for a period of time. You know, all of this comes not because of my fancy boat shoes, but because of God saving me by His grace by filling me with His Spirit, helping me to discover my own personal um, purpose for my life. And I just stepped into it. You know, I, I stepped out in faith. I tried some things, made some mistakes, kicked some goals. And along the way, God just began to refine who I am in Christ, the call that He's got on my life. And man, it's been a wonderful, wonderful journey. And, uh, and look, I, you know, I... I, I wouldn't swap it for the world. Cool. Got a beautiful wife, great kids. They don't have a normal life because of the call that God's got upon my life. Um, but, you know, we as a family, we, we love where God's got us and we love, you know, where he's called us to. Mm. So uh, the impact has been significant. And uh, once again, I'd love it if you'd put your hands together for the grace and the power of God that is available to everyone. It's good. Now, if this was a musical, there'd be a song here, right? Right here? No. I don't know where you're going <laughs> right now. I'm not going to sing. You're <laughs> okay. not going to sing. No, so, but there's a scripture, right? So you've got Psalm 107, verse 8. There's a cool scripture here that I, I think you would uh, just crack out for the crew here. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, well, look, as I've been saying, there is a song to sing when God comes into our lives. And, mm. and, uh, and, and that song is sung by people who feel like they have gone through the wastelands of the desert. Mm. They've been unable to settle, but they've cried out to God. God's heard their cry. He's yeah. responded. He's led them to a land flowing with milk and honey. And then obviously from there, his provision, his generosity, you know, has, has uh, been amazing. He's satisfied them and he's filled them. That's good. And then, you know, from that, you know, that is, that is where the song, you know, is birthed from. And, um, and you know what? I, I believe that God actually has a song for all of us. Mm. I believe God has a song for all of us. You know, as I said before, you know, the nation of Israel went through something geographical, uh, but also spiritual. And in today's day and age, I believe that there are a lot of people here who may also be in what feels like the wastelands of a desert, you know, a dry and a dusty and a slave-like place such as Egypt. And you don't know how you got there. You don't know why you're there. You, in fact, didn't expect to be there. You know, well, I reckon God wants to do the same thing for you, you know, and if you were to cry out to him today, whether it's in this place or, you know, online, you now I reckon that, uh, that God wants to do the same thing for you. You know, the story of salvation that leads to a song, and I do have a song, which, sorry, I've kind of gone toward their song right now. I'm already getting to the part where I want to offer people an opportunity uh, <laughs> to cry out to God this morning. Um, but uh, but um, I believe that, you know, if you cry out to God today, mm. that he will hear your cry and that he will lift you up and that when you accept Christ by faith, mm. you know, Jesus said, John 14, verse 5, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, he is the way to the Father. That is God's plan for salvation. You know, he is the way. And, you know, if you're listening to this perhaps online and you feel like, you know, that's narrow-minded, you know, I can totally understand that. But in today's day and age where contemporary thought is trying to do one of two things, that is, disprove the existence of God or accept all belief systems to please everyone, Jesus, knowing in advance this would be a challenge for this day and age, and there was a reason why he said this in, his, in the past as well, he doesn't want us to be misled. He doesn't want us to be distracted. He says, no, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you want to know how to live your life, it's like Jesus. If you want to know what God's plan for your life is, it's through Jesus. When it comes to your ideology, your philosophy, or even your theology, just follow Jesus. When it comes to your hurts, your pains, your brokenness, just follow Jesus. When it comes to, man, what's this world all about? What's religion all about? Just follow Jesus. When it comes to your illnesses, your sickness, your pain, just follow Jesus. Yeah. When it comes to your finances, when it comes to your debt, just follow Jesus. Mm. When it comes to your addictions, you're broken, just follow Jesus. His way is the only way. And as you do, you are opening yourself up to all that God has, God has in store for you. And there will be a song that you will sing. There will be a reason to come here and any other church that you may go to to lift your hands in worship because as the psalmist says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Let them sing the song about how God redeemed them from the hand of the foe, how about he heard their cry and he fills them 
and he satisfies them um, like no one else or nothing else could ever do. It's awesome. Just come as you are. It's awesome, eh? All right, so uh, what's God's vision for your life from here? Like what, you know, let's just kind of push it forward into the future. What, what do you feel God's got for you? Yeah, look, I've touched on this a little bit and I'll be very quick uh, with this answer. Um, but, you know, for me, I see God as my loving heavenly father and I, his adopted son, and I have received the full inheritance of sonship as Paul talks about in Romans 8. And I believe God has given me the task, a leadership task in his family to invite people into the family. And as Grant so beautifully articulated before, and I didn't ask him to do it, that is to help people settle into his home, to help people find their place in his home and to find uh, time with the Father and to learn his ways. That's my big vision. And, um, and that, that is what I run every decision that I need to make through. That is what I run every decision that I need to make through. Should I do this? How does it enable me to fulfill my role as God's son by faith um, and to invite people into the family to help them settle in and to learn his ways? And at the moment, you know, I'm uh, fulfilling that vision by leading our campus here at Gateway Redlands. And, you know, I, I see this as a family. And, you know, I, I want to build this family and I want to invite people into this family and help them to find their place um, so they can have time with the Father and know His ways. And the place that I'm inviting people in from is the sporting industry for me. And um, I love my sport. Congratulations to the Springboks and any supporters of theirs. You can make some noise right now. It's the only chance I'm going to give you of being an all-black supporter. Awesome. Um, you know, for me, that's my mission field, yeah. you know, and, uh, and I love sport and I'm still involved in sport and, and uh, you know, that's, that's where I go. But to fulfill my vision, uh, it requires a lot of support. You know, uh, I have a, uh, I have a, um, I see a counsellor regularly to help me manage my mental health. Uh, I have a ministry mentor that helps me, you know, lead a church I have a business mentor that helps me run my 700-member basketball club, if uh, you guys didn't know that. And uh, along with that, I've just got a beautiful wife, some children that support me wonderfully, and, uh, and also a team of people both here at the church and also at my basketball club that, you know, uh, together we serve this community. Um, so that's my vision. That's how I'm living it out. And at the moment, uh, I do not sense God calling me into anything different. My personal vision for us here as a church is that by the time I reach the end of my call here, um, that this church will be a church of uh, 1,000 people who meet across multiple services on a Sunday. And we have a pump and generations ministry and a reputable care center. That's providing hope and healing to our community. And uh, until that point, I, I can't see God moving me on anywhere else. Yeah, that's good. Mm. Love your heart, Jace. Um, so just some quick quick. Now, I'm, I'm cool with all of what you've said. It's been a real awesome journey. We've had a coffee this week to talk about some of this, and I've learned lots from you. So I, I've enjoyed that. Um, this next section could actually separate friend and foe, though. So let's kick off.
Are you ready for it? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Netflix or Stan? Netflix. Summer or winter? Summer. Sweet, savoury? Always sweet. Beach or snow? Beach. Europe or US? US. Skateboard or bicycle? It used to be uh, bicycle, but, you know, Ben Mackay, if you're in the house, man, I'm going skateboards all the way. <laughs> uh, tea or coffee? Coffee. Too much, unfortunately. Apple or Android? Is that even a question? Uh, Apple. Uh, oh, hey, okay. there's the friend and foe. It just, hey, Here right, you felt go. it, didn't you? Right there, just boom. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got a Samsung right here. So, um, uh, book or movie? Always a book. Ah, movie, movie. Sorry, what am I talking about? Yeah. Movie. You just won movie. some friends and then lost them really quickly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I'm a movie guy. Uh, that's cool. Drive or passenger? Yeah, I've got control issues, so I'm driving. Right, yeah. All right, so do you have any final words of encouragement? Yeah, look, it's just follow Jesus. I don't know... Uh, where you're at, I don't know if you've reached a point in your life where you have made a decision to follow Jesus, but that would be my advice to everyone. Follow Jesus. You know, um, when I considered the things of God and I considered following Jesus, I had questions there. You know, what does that mean? Does he even exist? What makes him better than any other religious figure and I got the answers to all of those questions and if you're you know working those out I'd encourage you to do some homework because there are legitimate answers there and when I made that decision to follow Jesus you know my life changed you know I committed to um, reading his word I committed to the local church someone discipled me began praying I went through the ups and downs, remembered that I was saved by grace, and my life has never been the same. And I would just encourage all of you, wherever you're at, just to follow Jesus. And uh, I want to just go back to what I said a few minutes ago, just quickly, that, you know, I believe that there are people listening to this here today who feel like the Israelites are going through a a wilderness, they're wandering through the wastelands of a desert and they're unsatisfied, they're unfulfilled and they need to cry out to God in prayer. And I just want to give you an opportunity to do that here uh, this morning. Now, spiritually, emotionally, you know you're in a desert, you haven't cried out to God. Well, today I'm going to give you an opportunity to do just that. Uh, can I invite us all really quickly just to close our eyes and, and bow our heads and if, if this morning or whatever time you're listening to this, if you want to cry out to Him, I'm just going to lead you in a word of prayer. And I just invite you just to pray after me. And uh, let's, let's get God into your life. Let's get you walking with Jesus. And uh, let's celebrate the fact that you've got a great future ahead. So if you want to cry out to Him this morning, uh, why don't you repeat after me? Heavenly Father, thank You for Your love. Please forgive me for doing life my way. I want to do it your way. Forgive me of my sin. 
Jesus come into my life and be my Lord and Saviour. Lift me out of the wastelands of the desert and place me into your loving arms. Help me to discover your purpose, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I do. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that for the first time here this morning, man, I'd love to give you just a really quick gift. So if you're bold enough to do it, can I just get you to put your hand high in the sky right now? And uh, we're not going to do anything else other than cheer you on and give you a gift. If you prayed that for the first time tonight, uh, today, just pop your hand up in the sky. Come on, right now. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I see that. Anyone else here this morning that prayed that prayer for the first time? Uh, we've got to give you our welcome team. They're going to come right now and, and, and give that gift to you. If you can pop your hand up again, that'd be great. Anyone else here? We just want to love you and lead you. If you have prayed that prayer whilst listening to this podcast or watching this video, man, I'd invite you to send us an email, uh, admin at gatewaybaptist.com.au and uh, we will help you in that journey as well. But can we put our hands together for anyone that prayed that prayer here this morning? That's absolutely wonderful. Hey, I love you, church. Thank you for doing the journey with me. I hope you don't think that today was, was all about me. I just thought it was an opportunity for you guys to get to know me a little bit better and to hear how God can, in fact, redeem anybody. And He can take those who are lost and who are hungry and He can, he can find them and He can fill them as well. Uh, so God bless you and uh, thank you for loving me. Right, Lord, I just want to commit this uh, day to you. And Lord, we just ask that even as we've uh, listened together, as we've, uh, as we've heard Jason's story, Lord, that we wouldn't forget our own story, our own testimony, what you've done in our lives, Father. We don't have to be a gangster. We don't have to be uh, a, a nun, Lord. We've just got to be ourselves. We've got to share that loving story that, that we have, um, that you've taken us on. And, uh, and Lord, I just pray that as we, as we work through this series, Lord, that, um, that this would just encourage us to, to look back to that, um, the original series at the start of the year of salvation, the focus on souls, the focus on others. So Father, I just pray that today, as we think of those in and around our families and our neighbourhoods and our schools, unis, workplaces, Lord, that you would just uh, put them on our heart. Help us to pray and lift, lift them up. Uh, help us to sow seed. Uh, just uh, in, a, in a normal and natural way, Lord, and be led by your Spirit in all ways. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to encourage you on your journey. Help us help you by going to gatewaybaptist.com.au and clicking on Get Connected.